Just when you thought it was safe to go looking for a podcast, you stumbled across us. Fantastic. You're in the right place. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you found the number one podcast in all the land. Okay, just Mississippi. But we're going with that until documentation proves otherwise. Now strap in for the journey from the lower levels of Ridgewood Recording Studios. We are World of Wild. Enjoy. Well, hello again. Glad to have everybody back today to another episode of World of Wally. Today's episode, we're going to talk to a gentleman named Rich Lewis. Um, Rich Lewis is a guy, he's an author, he's a speaker, and he's a coach. And he focuses on something that I knew very little about. Uh, I'd heard the concept of inner transformation. And, you know, I'm well-versed in the concepts and, and the theories of prayer. Uh, a very specific type of prayer is what he kind of focuses on. Uh, it's called centering prayer. Um, he also is a guy that has a weekly meditation uh, that he publishes. Uh, he does book reviews. He does interviews uh, on his website. And if you want to get a, a more in-detail kind of concept of what he's talking about, you can go to his website at silenceteaches.com. But uh, guys, hey, after the break, if you hang in there, we're going to talk to a very interesting gentleman. His name is uh, Rich Lewis. And the episode is Sitting with God. So after the break, guys, we'll be back with my guest today. Hey, guys, your host, William, here. Quick question. Are you a First and Second Amendment kind of person? Because if you are, our new affiliate partner, Tactical Brotherhood, is your place. If you're looking for ammo, guns, or gear, check out the link in the episode notes and enter code PATRIOT15 at checkout to receive that 15% discount. Also, Tactical Brotherhood, veteran-owned company. Now, back to the episode. All right, everybody, we're back from the break, and as promised today, my guest, Mr. Rich Lewis. Rich, how are you doing today? Great, great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Glad to have you on, man. Uh, Rich hails from the uh, Pennsylvania area, so he is actually up really early. Uh, as we record this episode, it's about 8 o'clock my local time, so it's, he's probably, you're at least an hour ahead of me, correct? Right, so it's 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, see, mm, 9 o'clock. I wish I could have got started at 9. It only took me a couple hours to get going this morning. So uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that um, it's not commonly talked about. Uh, matter of fact, from a spiritual or Christianity standpoint, uh, this is a topic that uh, is very quickly becoming taboo, in my own opinion. Um, I know that unless you're really nestled into the Bible Belt like where I'm from, um, like I said, you wander out of that, and uh, this topic is uh, not spoken of uh, frequently. And we're talking about uh, prayer, uh, specifically silent prayer or centering prayer, as you refer to it in your book. And um, let's just, before we get started, Rich, uh Get everybody that's listening kind of caught up on where you came from. Like, what's your background? Sure, sure. Um, well, believe it or not, I guess my background, I, I didn't 
come from a really religious background. My mother passed away when I was three and a half years old. So if she had and she died of diabetes, I would have been Catholic. But we weren't. Uh, we didn't do anything. Um, my dad then remarried. We went to a Unitarian church for a while. And, and that was really about it. So I don't really, I didn't come from a religious background. I stumbled into, I, I guess I began doing more of my own exploring in, in high school. You know, I started reading the Bible and went to a youth group. Uh, that was that was a Baptist church backed group. And then I went to University of Pittsburgh and got my degree and then kind of wandered away from religion for a while. And then I started coming back to it um, after I had graduated and started working and just began exploring Christianity and, and reading a lot of probably more progressive people. And then I ended up joining the United Church of Christ and spent, I'm, I'm in between churches now, but I spent 20 years at the United Church of Christ, which is kind of a more liberal progressive um, denom denomination. I got married in that church. My parents were going to the same church. Right now, I'm in between churches, so I guess my background was a Unitarian church, um, and then exploring, and then United Church of Christ for about 20 years, and then now, um, obviously, I'm, and we'll talk about it, practicing centering prayer, but I'm in between churches and just doing a lot of online virtual community, which a lot of people seem to be doing these days. Everything, yeah, with the pandemic, uh, down where I'm from, it's we're kind of trying to work our way away from the restraints of the pandemic. We're like, we're starting to meet in larger groups and all that kind of stuff. I know in the larger areas, it's still pretty restrictive. Um, just a curiosity question. What was the young lady's name? The, my, my wife. The, no, the youth group. Cause you went to a Baptist youth group following a female there. That's how that works. So <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I actually no. It was just a, I think it was at my high school and other friends that I hung out with went there. Oh, okay. So I ended up going to the youth group. So I actually ended up did getting a girlfriend while I was at the youth group, but I didn't follow one into the youth group, but I ended up getting a girlfriend at the youth group. Well, here in the deep South, that's what happens. That's how they recruit young men into the Baptist church. They have young females go out and bring them to youth group. So that's why I was curious what her name was. I was also was Lady. pretty, I was curious, was that actually ended up being your wife, but you said it was a different situation how you guys met, so. Maybe maybe that's how. Maybe I was secretly recruited by that girl and didn't realize. That's, so you see, might, you see, might have every, there. everything is so subversive. All right, so <laughs> let's let's talk about the concept. First of all, um, I don't know if it, and this might be just my own personal opinion. I, there probably are others, but uh, when I think of silent prayer or centering prayer, uh, when I think of that terminology, um, my mind leans more, uh, I, I, matter of fact, the first time I ever heard that term, my mind drifted away to like, you know, Tibetan monks and, you know, uh, you know, hiding themselves away in a monastery and uh, that that type of mentality. So why don't you help clarify for my listeners exactly what silent or centering prayer, What what is your definition of it? Sure. Centering prayer was actually created in the early 1970s by um, three Trappist monks and Catholic priests actually is what they were. They wanted mm -hmm. to look, they were noticing other people practicing transcendental meditation and other forms of meditation, and they wanted something for Christians. So they created centering prayer in the early 1970s. And 
and I'll quickly describe it. It's, it's, it's basically it's silent, wordless prayer. So how you do it is you sit, and then interiorly, interiorly you introduce a, a word. So it could be love or ocean or Jesus or whatever word you want to choose, two or three syllables at the most. You introduce that word signifying that you're opening to the presence and actions of God within and then really during your silent sit, whenever you have a thought, whenever you engage your thoughts, so whenever you begin thinking about the past or thinking about what you're going to do after the sit or begin planning and plotting your day, you reintroduce that word just to bring you back to the present moment. And then you let go of it. And that's really what you do. You do that when needed during your silent sit for however long your sit is. If you're sitting for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes, that's really what you do during this sit, you're just continuously bringing yourself back to the present and opening to the presence and actions of God within. And the, and the other, other thing I'll say, it's not a mantra. So you, there are some meditation practices where you're kind of saying a mantra over and over again in centering prayer. It just brings you back to the present and then you let go of it. And so you're only using it when needed. It's not used as a mantra. So that's at a high level, you know, how long centering prayer has been around and kind of quickly how you do it. So is there, um, you know, some of my listeners might be curious, if they wanted to try to start the practice of centering or silent prayer, um, are there time limits? I mean, do you establish a certain amount of time that you that you focus strictly on that practice each day? Or could it be 10 seconds one day and, and an hour and a half the next day? Is that, is that dependent on... Um, like what point you're trying to reach that whatever topic you're speaking of or whatever you're, whatever you're, you're uh, centering your mind on. Um, is it an affirmation type deal? Like, do you, do you go until you feel that you've been affirmed that, that, uh, that point has been affirmed? Well, the first thing I'll say is you're not, you're actually not focusing on anything. So you're the, the idea of centering prayer is you're letting go of all thoughts oh, okay. and emotions right. and opening to God. So you're actually, it's completely getting yourself out of the way, including all of your thoughts. So, so you're not, the goal of centering prayer isn't to establish a state of bliss or, or love or peace. Right. It's really, it's just a let go of everything and sit with God is, is the objective of it. Okay. And then in terms of how long, we suggest um, two sits a day and to work yourself up, if possible, two sits of 20 minutes each. But we recognize for some people, silence can be very difficult. So if, if you're brand new to it, take baby steps, even if, you're, even if it has to be two one minute sits and work your way up to five minutes and work your way up to 10 minutes. Um, so take baby steps and work your way up and just be kind and gentle with yourself. But it's good to do two sets a day. I do one first thing in the morning before I start my day. And then I do my second one usually right before my lunch. And I take a late lunch. So it might be 1.30, 2 o'clock in, in the afternoon is when I take my second sit. So it's a broken vessel concept, kind of break it out and pour out all the the negativity or the distractions that are you know racing through your mind, just total clearance of your mind, and then be totally open to whatever happens. Is that what, is that essentially what we're talking about here right right it's really just you're completely trusting god you're letting go of everything all of your stress anxiety emotions thoughts plotting planning whatever comes up let it go and, and just continuously open to god 
during this time so so and i'm not saying give up your other forms of prayers if you if you have verbal prayer of some type don't give that up you know complement it with a silent practice it's just another way of praying i think of it as a reverse prayer you're getting out of the way and god is praying in you at a very deep level during this silent set all right so the concept of the centering prayer like you you are trying to reach a certain goal um like for example uh the old term fruits of your labor so you're laboring not really laboring i don't know if that'd be the best word to use as you are praying you're looking for um this awareness or affirmation so what would be like the fruits of the practice of centering prayer sure and you'll notice that outside of your practice and and i've noticed that since i've been practicing i've been practicing centering prayer since june of 2014 and outside of the practices, I've noticed changes in myself. You know, I've noticed that I'm less reactive and, and calmer. So that I, at times I, in the past, maybe I would react to something someone said. I'm less reactive. I'm more willing to listen to people. I seem to have more um, excitement, actually more excitement for life. I seem to be more open to the present moment. I'm more focused and present for my tasks. And even sometimes I'll come out of my sit and begin my you know, the second half of my day if it's if it's my second sit at work and kind of wisdom for tasks start popping into my head. So I've noticed a lot of fruits of this practice, and other people will say the same thing as they continue to practice. They notice changes in themselves, whether it's inner peace or confidence or wisdom for tasks or empathy or more compassion. They begin noticing that it's changing them. So and, been, and really, it's it's God is changing them, quite frankly. You said you've been practicing since 2014. So with all this all this pandemic issue we've had in our in our recent past, um, I'm assuming that this centering prayer has has been a godsend. I mean, I hate to work, play on words there, but it's been a godsend because, um, well, mainly just dealing with the whole concept of just being you know restrained to a, a single location. Most folks have been you know stuck at home for months on end uh those that do get a chance to venture out don't venture out far so um is that i'm assuming since you're you're an expert if you've been doing it since 2014 no i mean it really has i mean more than ever i needed it just to, just to continue to get through that time because it was stressful for everybody when as it began happening it would begin shutting things down it was extremely nerve-wracking you didn't know what to happen what would happen and what to expect so more than ever, I, I needed my practice just to keep me calm and cool and, you know, taking the right actions instead of poor chosen actions. So I, I needed it more than ever. And, and I would suggest many people, if they began it, that was perfect time to do a silent prayer practice was during this pandemic because we needed something like that to help us get through it. Well, is the the single goal of this practice or, or is it just one of the goals of this practice to receive um, like true affirmation from God through this contact? Right. Really the main purpose of the prayer is we, it's just, we sit with God because we love God. We trust God and we just want to sit with God and let God pray in us. So it's really just a sit of faith. The center in prayer really is, is a practice because as you can tell, I just shared quickly how you do the practice, mm-hmm. but it's a relationship with God. So it's a practice and then a relationship with God because we're opening up to God and just getting ourselves out of the way. We're not praying verbally. We're just letting go of everything and letting God act and pray.
praying in us and we're just being with God. If you think of it as if you're sitting with a spouse or a friend, sometimes you don't need to talk. You just want to be with each other. So maybe you can think of it that way too. Mm -hmm. You're just sitting with God. We don't always have to talk when we're with some of our special people in our lives. Sometimes we just like being together and we don't have to talk. Uh, So the practice of centering prayer, silent prayer, from everything you've explained to me to this point, sounds like a, a never-ending journey or a continuing journey. So uh, along this journey, your goal eventually is to find what people commonly uh, define as your true self. Is that what your ultimate goal is? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think that that's what that ends up happening. So I'd say maybe that was really a, a fruit of the practice. I mean, the, the, the main goal is just to sit with God because we love God and trust God. And yes, help God show to us who is our true self, what is what is who what are the actions we should take on a daily basis. So it, a practice such as centering prayer can help us become our true self, which doesn't have an end point, which is the neat part. It, it's it's my true self this year could look very different than what I'm, what I should be doing next year and what I should be doing in five years and fifteen years and twenty years. So yes, it does help you get all the clutter out of the way and hone in and focus on, you know, what should I be doing? What, what is, what should Rich Lewis be doing today, next year, in five years, in 10 years? Who is this person? What action should I be taking in this world? All right. So at this point, since 2014 to now, you have reached a different level of awareness, or cognitive awareness, whatever, however you want to refer to it. So I know beside you, you go on shows like mine, for example, and you talk about this concept Besides that, like, what do you have going on day to day, week to week, month to month, uh, concerning the centering prayer concept? Like, what what all do you have going on? Sure, I mean the different things I've been since I've started centering prayer and then began working because I discovered centering prayer in, in a book in 2013 on Amazon. Amos Smith wrote a book called Healing the Divide: Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots discovered centering prayer in that book and it i found it attractive so i began practicing it and become friends with him actually as well i reached out to him and we became friends and he's the one that actually challenged me to write uh, my book sitting with god a journey to your true self through centering prayer but so i guess how things have evolved is you know it started off with just a weekly meditation off of his website and then it just began evolving from there as I just began continuing to sit in my practice. It turned into, you know, my website four years ago was created silenceteaches.com. And then I, be, I began doing different things. You know, I wrote the book that got published last year as, as one way to share Centering Prayer with people and show them, you know, how it has changed and transformed me and that I can do the same for them. I began doing one-on-one coaching with people. I began getting out in the community and at churches and teaching centering prayer at some of in their settings. I began working with, you know, book study groups and centering prayer groups and coming in and and giving, giving talks. So it's kind of spawned, you know, one-on-one coaching. It spawned speaking. It spawned the the book. Um, And and I'm open to what else it'll spawn. So it, it could spawn other things like Maybe another thing it really has spawned is I, I enjoy marketing <laughs> because I enjoyed marketing my own book and discovered I was good at it. So it's spawning. I, I can help other new authors and existing authors help market their books. So it has spawned that as well. So I would say all of that is my true self. The book is my true self and, and coaching is my true self. 
and speaking and guest speaking is, is my true, true self. So it'll be fun to see what else you know, will it spawn, or maybe it'll hone in on one or two areas specifically and, and get rid of the other couple of the other areas. But that's, that's what it has spawned right now. I've just let go and open to what should I be doing. And, and that's right now that seems to be telling me uh, these are the things I should be focusing on. So by your own admission earlier in this conversation, you talked about how you, your upbringing, especially your religious upbringing was spotted to say the least, kind of in and out. You know, you were here for, you know, in a certain type of belief system for a while, you jump to another, you're currently between churches as you described. So with this concept that you've instituted into your life daily, like your transformation level, your spiritual growth level, uh, you know, your, your connection with God, where, where is it at? Uh, like, I know it's exponentially closer or larger or better than it was back, you know, when you were first getting started. So if you had to grade your own growth, your own spiritual growth, your own tra- level of transformation on a scale of one to 10, where were you like when you were first, you know, when you, as you were coming up, like you said, you, you even was chasing girls at the Baptist church, you know, from those days to now, like where, where are you at? Like, where did you start? And like, where are you at now? I mean, I probably started at one because I believed in God mm-hmm. and it's going back to high school and pre-high school. Mm-hmm. And then it probably moved to a, a three or so. And it was more fear-based. It was more believe in God because mm-hmm. I was afraid that I better believe in God. And, and I'm not sure if this God really loves me. And then I just began exploring. So right now I, I would say it's, it's probably an eight or nine. It's where I don't think of God as I don't fear God. I think God very much loves me and, and wants me to enjoy life and wants to be with me. And, and even my concept of God has changed from God, not up, you know, somewhere above me, looking down at me or judging me or criticizing me. God is now, um, first of all, a very loving presence that is always with me and loves me and is, is always on my side and wants to be with me and wants to partner with me in, in my daily walk in life. And I also think of God differently in that God is, I think of God as behind me, pushing me forward in life, nudging me to do new things, next to me, walking with me, taking steps with me, and in front of me, pulling me forward, as well as in me, as, as, as my inner intuition and inner peace and calmness and inner wisdom. So I, I think of God more holistically, you know, all of, is, you know, in me and outside of me and all around me, and just a loving presence that, that is thrilled that I'm, that I want to have a relationship with uh, him, her, whatever you want to call it, with the spirit. <laughs> you were talking about so earlier. eight or nine. Okay. I, well, I'm glad to hear that you didn't jump straight to 10 because I would have thought, no. man, this is supposed to be a journey. I, I, if he throws a 10 out there, I'm going to have to rip him up a little bit. <clears throat> so here's, um, you were talking about earlier, your, your mom passed away when you were like three, you said like three and a half years old. <clears throat> you also mentioned your wife earlier in our conversation. Um, so support group, like your support group that's around you, are everybody in your support group on the same page with you or you you have some support, you have partial support? I mean, how, how does that work? Is everybody, <clears throat> everybody within your family, um, well, I guess the easiest way to be asking, is everybody a believer? Everybody's, you know, in, in the system, they believe and they, they back you 100% or do you have some as the young folks would say, you got some haters in the group or. I, 
guess I'm fortunate from a family. My my wife has really been a been a rock. She's she's always had a solid. She doesn't practice centering prayer, and that's okay. It's not for everybody. Right. Um, I found it very helpful, and I don't push it on people. I share it in case it can help them and realize there's many ways to pray and connect to God. And I've I've found you know how it's been wonderful for me. But my no, my wife has really just been a rock. Uh, she's always had a firm foundation in God, and that God will get us through. All, all times, you know, good and bad. So mm-hmm. she's always just, she's had amazing faith that God will help us and get us through the situation and we just need to keep moving forward. So I've been fortunate with that. My, that's, my wife's always felt that way. And then I guess I've surrounded myself a lot. A lot of my friends um, don't necessarily practice centering prayer, but they, they have a strong belief in God and that God is always with them and, and helping them. So I, I have, a, I guess, a nice network of friends that all in their own ways, believe in God and, and pray to God and and react to God the way they, they want to. But so, no, I guess I don't, I don't have anybody condemning me or, or anyone questioning what I'm doing. I, I right. feel very supported in my practice, but do all my friends and family practice centering prayer? They do not. Um, my Actually, my daughter, who's now 20, will practice centering prayer with me. And then my son, who's 13 now, um, will practice it from time to time with me as well. My wife does not. I, I don't think none of my friends practice it, but they know it's you know important to me. <laughs> well, he's thirteen years old. He knows everything anyway. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to ask God anything. So he's thirteen, going on thirty at this point. So I, I know right, I've, I I've gone through that three times already. Know so. Um, <laughs> so if I was to get on the phone with any of your friends or family from you know back in the day, as they would say, uh, and I asked them directly, said, "Hey." Tell me, Rich, is he, you know, what, what what kind of guy was he? What kind of guy is he now? Would they actually affirm your transformation? Like, man, I back when he was younger, that guy was just, oh, my, he was a pill. And now he's such a different human being. And I understand that's got a lot to do with growth and maturity and age, but do would they be able to affirm to me, yeah, man, that guy is so different now? I mean, with that. I could just randomly, I, mean, I could just randomly call up anybody from your past, and that's what I'm going to hear. Is that what is that what you're telling me? I, I mean, I think they would. I, I think at least simply because I think it has changed me. It's 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 given me God infused confidence. So I look. I didn't go looking for any of this stuff. I stumbled across it. I knew silence was transforming, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do in the silence. Stumbled into centering prayer in late 2013. And then, so if, if I look at myself then and I look at myself now, never would I, I, I didn't plan on writing a book and publishing a book. I didn't plan on coaching people. I didn't plan on guest speaking. I didn't plan on, you know, landing on Zoom calls and speaking to 75 to 100 people that come to the group. Right. So from that perspective, I, I am a very different person. I probably, 2013 and before that, there's no way I would have even thought about writing a book. And I would have been scared to death to jump on a Zoom call and, and talk to, because I've had some groups that I've spoken <laughs> to that are 75 to 100 people. It would have scared the hell out of me. Yeah. So it's just, I am a different person in more that it's I'm a God-infused, confident person with God's help. Right. It's, it's got me out of my uh, discomfort and fear and pushed me forward just to go because you can do it. <laughs> so you said you, you, you do sending prayer sessions. You do two a day, r- roughly around 20 minutes a piece, right? What you said earlier. Yes. Okay. So 
can you even remember how difficult it was when you first started? Like, because just the idea of sitting anywhere and being just at utter silence, it just seems difficult to me. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've, I personally, like if I go into a prayer session with God, I probably catch myself in, a, you know, in silence as, as, you know, my thoughts are running through my head, stuff that I'm trying to convey to him. Because it's truly just a conversation is what it actually is. A lot of people kind of get prayer confused. They think prayer has to be very uh, rigid and very structured and it, you know, it needs to hit all the high points. And it's really just a, just a pure conversation. But just the idea uh, from just a novice or, a, or, a, or even a non-believer, for example, the concept of you trying to explain to them silent prayer after a couple of minutes, I mean, they're, they're going crazy. So is that, how, how difficult was you, was it for you when you first started? It was, it was brutal. So this is going back to 2011 and 2012 when I, I wasn't doing centering prayer because I didn't even know that existed, right. I, but I wanted to try silence. Um, it was brutal. So I would set a timer for one minute or two minutes and force myself to do it, but it, it was just brutal and it felt like forever. And then but I kept doing it, doing it, but just doing very short bursts, one minute, two minutes. I guess it's like a runner's high. I don't know how else to describe it. When I came across Centering Prayer, something within me clicked and said, I need to take this seriously. I need to jump in the Centering Prayer swimming pool, I'll call it, and I need to try two 20-minute sets each day. And that's what I did. I jumped in the pool, so to speak, June 1. 2014 I don't know what was magical about that date other than maybe I was just ready then and I was able to do it so I, I guess I worked my way up to being able to do that just like if for people that are and I don't jog anymore but when for joggers it could be terrible 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 then you hit the jogger runners high and then you feel like you can go forever right I'm equating that to center in prayer all of a sudden I hit this set the uh, silent prayer high yeah. <laughs> and and was able to go longer and be okay with it and, and not feel like it's an eternity and that I, I got to get up and do something, get me out of the sit. <laughs> well, I guess from 20 minutes to one minute, that seems light years away at this point. <laughs> Which it really had, you said 2013, 2014. I mean, that has been a while, but, uh, but it's like I said, you probably, you probably even lose track of time at this point when you're, you're actually in your know, focused on your actual prayer time. You do. I mean, it, 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 many times I don't need to use my, my word. I use an image to, to bring myself back to the present moment. I don't have to use it. I naturally bring myself back. But many times the, I just use it, what's called the Contemplative Outreach app on my iPhone, and it just has a bell, an opening bell, and then a closing bell that goes off 20 minutes later. So there are some times where I don't know where – I know I didn't fall asleep, but I don't know where the time went other than it felt like two bells and – it, it didn't feel like 20 minutes, but you can get in the spaces between your thoughts at times. You're, sometimes you can slow yourself down and where you, you, you're not thinking thoughts, believe it or not. The man said he did not fall asleep. Mm. That would be a Baptist church deal. Back back row, That's that happens all the time. No, that's Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. All right, so if I wanted your book, but I wanted to make sure that it was going to step me strategically through the concept. Is that how it's written? 
Did you did you write it at a at a college level education level that you have to have to be able to do this book, or did you write it in a very elementary type where I, it's going to take me from step one to step fifteen or twenty, whatever it is? How, how is what's how is it written? Is it very? No, I, is it, I wrote it. Yeah, does, ahead, it, I'm sorry. does it flow easily? Like if, if I'm going to be. Because, you know, I'm not the smartest fellow in the world. Am I going to be able to follow through the book to actually reach, you know, that level of affirmation that maybe I'm seeking? Yes, and I, and I purposely wrote it that way. So there are some books out there that are more academic and, and perhaps hard to follow. I wrote it for the everyday person because I consider myself an everyday person that gets up and, and goes to work. So I wrote it for the person um, that's new to Centering Prayer and may, and may not understand it. I wrote it for the person that's practicing centering prayer and perhaps wants to go deeper in, in their practice. So the book is is not just a how to do centering prayer, um, but it is it does obviously talk about how you do it. It talks a little bit about my theology and, and beliefs, and then it talks a lot about how it has transformed me, and, and that it can do the same for you. So it really talks about all three of those. You know, what is centering prayer? You know. Where is my theology at at the present moment and how it has transformed me and can do the same for you. So, and it's written at a very you know basic level for the everyday person to read the book and, and, and enjoy the book. It's not an academic book by any means at all. Okay. That's, that, that's, that sounds good. I'm glad to hear that because I was afraid I was going to open it up. And it was going to be like a 300 level college class. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. I, this is way too difficult for me. So I'm glad to see you wrote it for the common guy or the common lady. Uh, so title of the book again? Title of the book is Sitting with God. And then the subtitle is A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. All right. Well, I, let's try to at least remember Sitting with God because the title's like a mile long. So, All right. You also <laughs> said you're a marketing guru. So before you get out of here, I know you've got to be on every every social media platform in the world. So where all can they find you? Well, the best place to find me, I'll keep it simple, is my website. And it's an easy name, silenceteaches.com. Okay. That's the best place to find me because when you subscribe to my website, you'll get my free Centering Prayer ebook so you can learn about it. And then, as if you want, then as if you want to go further, you can my, purchase my book on my website. And then, if you want to go further and want some coaching, you can go to my coaching page. Or if you maybe you're a member of a church and you want to invite me to speak, you can go to my invite me invite me to speak page. But I, I would say, and as you said, I'm on Facebook and, and LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter. But the best and easiest place to find me is silenceteaches.com. Hmm. Yeah, I was fixing to say, you, I don't know how you keep up with yourself with all those websites and all that social media <laughs> traffic you got going on. I get, you're probably even on TikTok, aren't you? No, that's the oh. one. I'm not on TikTok. Oh, I, I don't, how I'm are you missing out on TikTok, man? Trust me, I've, I've wandered around on TikTok some. They need all the prayer they can get, so... Well, Rich, I appreciate you coming uh, on the show today. Man, I am uh, I, I, I got a real education on this because I'm going to be honest with you. I'd heard this terminology for a long time. I really had no earthly idea what it was really about. Um, so I'm glad you took time out of your busy schedule this morning to uh, come on and, and kind of enlighten my listeners on that. 
No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And hopefully th uh, this will help your uh, listeners and maybe they'll at least explore it and see if it's something for them that can help them as well. That's right. So hey, thanks for having me openness, on. Openness, openness with God, man. That's Everybody needs a little openness with God, especially in the world we're living in today. So You're right. You, you got it. You got it. All right, Rich. Like I said, glad to have you on. And I will uh, I'll make sure that all that information you just shared at the end, all your contact information We'll get together you know, one day next week, and I'll make sure all that makes it in the episode notes because I just want them to be able to click and go straight to it. I don't want to have to hunt you down. We'll just, we'll, we'll just click and go, all right? I appreciate it. Thank all you right, very man. much. Thank you, Rich. You have a great Thanks. day, brother. You too. And as always, guys, Wally out. Hey, guys, quick shout-out to Timothy O. Davis of Ridgewood Recording Studios. His studio offers a full line of music production ranging from song demos and singles to fully produced albums. He focuses on excellence at every level of the recording and production process and will work with you for your project-specific needs. So remember, guys, Timothy O. Davis. Reach out to him at timothydavis.org front slash Ridgewood Studios. This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner.